Welcome to episode 278 and a brand new year of the No Proscenium Podcast, the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from the No Pro studio here in Los Angeles, aka The Kitchen Table. Today, we have a very special episode, which is dropping a little early in the week, because we have Shari Freelo senior programmer with the Sundance Film Festival and chief curator of the festival's New Frontier, which is where all the incredible experimental work that we get so excited about takes place. Uh, the New Frontier, for those who don't know, is where the VR renaissance began back in 2012. And not only is Shari, who is one of my favorite people to talk to, here to share notes on this year's New Frontier lineup, but also joining us will be Michael Anthony, co-founder of Active Theory, the firm that is building the online social platform that this year's festival, the entire festival, is using. We're going to be talking about a cross-platform web and VR social experience that will let festival goers connect from around the world and a VR cinema house that some of the festival's big screenings will take place in. We're going to get into a lot of exciting, nerdy detail in this one, and I'm so happy that we get to share this with you on the day that tickets go live. Just want to break this down for you. Single film tickets are only 15 bucks, with full passes running all the way up to 350 The festival is the festival. But the Explorer Pass, which is brand new for, for this year... Uh, it covers the New Frontier along with the Indie Series and Shorts program. This thing is just $25 for the run of the festival. 25 bucks to go and see some of the most exciting work that Sundance puts together. All right? 25 bucks to go to Sundance. Uh, even if, uh, yeah, yeah. Even if, yeah, okay? <laughs> I was going to steal a line that Shari has later. It's it's a good line, so I'm not going to steal it. I was so tempted. Um, the, the films are region locked to the U.S., just so you know, but The New Frontier, which includes all the VR and other narrative experiments, is accessible from anywhere in the world. So, I really, really hope to see you there. But that's not all the exciting news we have to share this week. More on that after a word from our sponsors, which would be you, the backers of No Persinium. This podcast and the No Persinium and Everything Immersive websites are possible exclusively through the support of our Patreon backers. Your financial support makes our whole existence possible. And whether you jump in at the $2 a month level or commit to a whole year at once, know that you are supporting completely independent media this way and helping us build a future for all immersive and experiential art forms through our coverage, events, and community platforms. Our latest backers are Rachel Brill, David Carpenter, Romy Luttrell, Ember Lark, The Time Travel Cafe, Artist Magnet, and Sarah Sparks. Thanks all, thanks to all of you for helping us start off this year with some hope in our hearts. We'll be kicking off a serious fundraising campaign in the weeks to come, but know that you can always join up at patreon.com slash no just like our sustaining backers did long ago. And those would be Mark Baltazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Lonnie Hanson, Ari Hurston, Sam Mule Mustry, sorry, Samuel, Sydney Gillery, Emily Gillette, Brittany, and Elaine. All right. Thank you all. Uh, and for those of you who I got to talk to uh, uh, recently, it's been it was great to talk with you. And for those of you who I haven't gotten a chance to catch up with yet, uh, I hope to do that very soon. I promised you news. So let's do some news. All right. Um, not to talk about 2020, but mm, it's still we're still living with it. And one of the big disappointments of 2020 was that we were not able to pull off the Summit and Festival that we had planned for March. The pandemic shut us down before we could bring everyone together at the end of that month at the Pasadena Playhouse. And then we spent the year wondering when we'd get to get things going, only to never get the chance. Uh, we did hold a couple of online events, but it's not it's not 
entirely the same. <laughs> not not when you're just stitching things together with Zoom and Discord, which is one of the reasons why I'm excited to hear about this platform that they've built. Can't, can't wait for you to hear what they've built uh, for Sundance. <laughs> we should be so lucky. Um, you know, it, it's pretty obvious right now that it's going to be months and months before it's safe for large-scale gatherings to happen. Uh, but we wanted to announce today, today, that we have our dates for the next great in-person gathering of the immersive creative community. The Here Summit and Festival is now scheduled to take place at the Pasadena Playhouse in Pasadena, California. We have our venue still. On January 7th through 9th of 2022. That's a year from today if you're listening to this on drop day. That's when the big show will be back. We're going to kick the year off. We're very excited about doing things this way. Uh, it lines up with the fest. It lines up with the, the playhouse. It lines up with the spirit of what we're doing. And we've got a whole year to build. So we have our dates and we want to share them. We just got them a couple of days ago and we're just getting it out there right now so that everyone knows we're back. More to come as the year unfolds. But now, right now, we're going to come back to January 2021. This this new set of months that we've been given. <laughs> do it all over. Do it right this time. And to talk about what was pretty much the only highlight of my last year. <laughs> Seriously. And what is a highlight anytime I've been honored and privileged to go cover or speak at. Uh, it's so, such an exciting part of the year in general even when i watch it from afar and that's sundance which we're going to talk to talk about right now so i hope that before you are done listening to this episode that you get yourself over to the sundance festival website and grab one of those explorer passes to the new frontier but don't just take my word for it let's spin the interview with shari freelo and michael anthony <laughs> Joining me today are Shari Frilo, who is a senior programmer with the Sundance Film Festival and the chief curator of The New Frontier. Hey, Shari. Hey, Noah. It's, I think it's been like, I think our first conversation was like maybe like 10 years ago. Like I'm trying yeah. not to, but at the same time trying to do the math and I'm like, oh, it's, it's been like, <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah, we've um, been playing in the same space together for a long time now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I like. I still remember our first conversation, uh, and and that you like pulled us espresso shots before we began. And <laughs> I was like, "This is going to be good," and then it was. It was really great. Um, so um, it's always. I'm always getting to get a chance to talk to you. Uh, and then we also have Michael Anthony, who's co-founder and interactive director at Active Theory. Hi, Michael. Nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you. How's it going? It's going all right. It's going all right. Um, you were here for the pre-show. You know exactly how it's going. <laughs> I sure do. Um, so um, this year, obviously, um, you know, we're still having a pandemic. Uh, I say that with a smile in my voice, uh, which belies everything I feel about it. And uh, the the whole of the festival is moving online. Um and and this this has got to be a, like a big challenge for Sundance as a whole. And from what I'm gathering, like New Frontier got has gotten wrapped up in the whole shebang this year. Am I am I wrong about that? Well, it depends on what you mean by that. I mean, New Frontier has always been a part of the festival. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, we we definitely because New Frontier was kind of built for this kind of challenge. <laughs> Um, we, uh, as, as we were trying to figure out, you know, back in March, April, like how were we going to make this shift? Uh, you know, of course we turned to the community of creative technologists that, um, New Frontiers, um, brought together over, over the years and, um, you know, and, and found and connected with active theory and, uh, quickly realized that we were going to be able to create a platform that we would be able to deliver um, and to present a, a highly ambitious slate of uh, new, media, new media works. Um, and, and so once we realized we could do that, we realized 
we could do other things for the festival. <laughs> um, we could we could create we can address one of the key issues that we were struggling with on the film side, which is how do we bring the community together? How can we celebrate the films? How do we make the filmmakers feel like rock stars that they are and and allow them to meet the audiences, which has been a perennial problem uh, with streaming uh, platforms, uh, films, you know, filmmakers uh, have a hard time meeting their their artists. So, so we realized that we could build, you know, once Active Theory kind of laid out uh, some of the tools and the work that they have been, um, you know, engaging with in the field, we realized there was a potential not only to create an exhibition uh, for XR works that was even more accessible than it's ever been on the ground. We could also build a really fun, engaging, creative, and uh, safe space uh, for all of the film festival goers to come together and and party and and celebrate the films on the platform we could even also build a cinema house um and you know since the pandemic i don't i haven't set foot in a cinema house uh yeah. but uh, so that's that was something that really that was just um that was like moth to the flame we had to build a cinema house that we can all come together, watch movies on a big screen together, and celebrate the films in the film in the filmmakers. In in the immersive you know, theater and, and, and creative community, the, that that pivot into from IRL to URL has been such a big part of our past year, and people have tried out so many different platforms. Um, I'm not going to list them off because I I think a bunch just fired off, and everyone is listening to this head. I'm I'm curious. We'll we'll stay in this part for a while, and then I I do want to get into the the programming because the mm. New Frontiers programming every year sort of sort of kicks off the year and sets an agenda in terms of what people are, are going to be looking for. I mean, it was it was last year that I saw Randall's Book of Distance like there at Sundance, and it just kind of swept through the year. And like I think we we awarded it some awards ourselves at the end of the year, and just watching people discover that that piece. And so it's such an integral part of the year. I want to get into that. But this this idea of creating virtual spaces, creating platforms uh, to connect folks um, has been something everyone in my community has been chasing. So I wonder if, if between Shari and Michael, you guys could talk about the design brief uh, for starters and then talk about what's being built. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when we first sat down, um, uh, I just had like a, a mix, mix match um, ideas of what it, what was important to realize to keep the festival's heart beating. Um, and they were like, oh, you know, it sounds pretty great. Why don't you come back with a creative brief? <laughs> I was like, okay, well, let me, let me write something up. Um, and, uh, you know, essentially what was important was to maintain the, the ability to meet people, um, serendipitously, uh, mm -hmm. to meet new people, to be in the community amongst, uh, you know, to, to be amongst the community as large and strong as it is. So, uh, there, there was, um, one of the first things that we talked about was scaling uh, the user experience. That is to say, you know, so many of the, I've been going to a lot of the virtual events over the year. They've just been really exhilarating to see how they built over time, uh, the, the capability of bringing people together and also showing X, our work. Um, but, uh, and I, and I felt, you know, where, where it was left, our job was to bring hundreds of people together because that is our festival. We have a, yeah. our community is hundreds strong. Um, and so, uh, but at the same time, it needed to be a place where you can have intimate conversations and, um, and discreet conversations. So uh, that was the first thing um, that we talked about, like how, how can we do this in a way uh, that, that, that can also stay human because that's the other thing that um, kind of going back to your original question, doing New Frontier over these years, you know, um, as, as, as something that we are introducing experimental work, work that is unfamiliar to a film festival audience, uh, we knew uh, our, our strategy has always been to go through the body, to appeal to the audiences through the body. So we knew that keeping it human, uh, was going to be a, a priority, building a virtual environment, and to have um, you know a, a spatialized body 
uh, sense of presence and um, uh, inside of the space was also going to be important. So that the uh, some of the stuff the, the, that that triggers thoughts of of going for VR, but I also get a sense that I mean, not everyone has a headset, so like I, I feel like there's like dual or multiple approaches here that are being that are being meshed. Well, yep, and you know, as you probably know from years past uh, editions of New Frontier, we 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 show VR, but a whole lot of other kinds of work. You know, we're really mm -hmm. looking for work that's right on the bleeding edge. So we um, knew that we were going to need to be able to present, you know, VR, AR, um, creative browser work, all kinds of sound work, um, and so it was a it was a broad range of works uh, that this had to. To, to be able to, to, to handle. And, you know, Active Theory, uh, their elegant approach to uh, building a website that you can engage on your laptop and on your VR headset interchangeably with ease uh, was really the key to um, deciding, yeah, that we should partner up and, and build this. Michael, that feels like a good segue over to you. What, what bones have you laid down here? uh for for the festival yeah totally so the festival is built on a platform that didn't even exist a year ago started in march um called dreamwave uh and it's crazy right so you know we we were actually working on uh, i probably can't say it but let's say a large tech company's uh event that we we've done in the past and we would do like an interactive experience for and um Basically, right, you know, I was at the beginning of the pandemic when there were just rumors of oh, the event's going to start getting shut down. And then Facebook's conference got shut down. And then uh, this event got shut down. And, and kind of, they, you know, we were chatting with our client and they were saying, well, what would you do for a virtual event? And we kind of came up with all these, you know, like, let's go, let's shoot for the moon here. Like, let's, everybody's going to go with, uh, you know, like probably what a lot of people have experienced so far, which is just like, glorified zoom chats let's shoot for the moon what if we had like 3d avatars and what if we had what if it was gamified and you got points for going to different things um and ultimately that particular event didn't happen uh virtually or or physically but we kind of that was the seed for this product dreamwave which we started kind of building and we um we did uh we ended up using a lot of that, like all that tech went into a, a, a for another tech conference where we kind of did all this stuff. And we did a few more of them over the year and, and we kind of learned all these lessons and that kind of led us right up to a uh, new frontier. Uh, and so it kind of has this, you know, it has this, it's, it's naturally multiplayer. Uh, you can, it has presence. So you could already see, you know, other avatars, you could walk around a space. We were making these 3D environments. Uh, you know, we have these amazing artists because Active Theory, like our background was like, we would do projects like uh, for Pottermore and you'd fly around the Hogwarts castle on the web and we were creating these, you know, 3D environments. So that stuff came, came very naturally. Um, and, you know, we started kind of just adding functionality and, and new, new and new function, new, more new functionality. And, um, you know, Shari's, kind of request was, hey, can we make people, you know, how can we get people to have serendipitous conversations? Can things happen spontaneously? Can people walk up to other people and talk to each other? So we said, yep, we'll figure that out. And um, so we're, you know, currently uh, working on finishing up, you know, basically we're, we're in the testing phase of shaking out all the bugs. And when you have like multiplayer and lots of different people joining and leaving, you know, it, it's it's a really fun technical challenge. Um, so it's on that fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It depends on yeah. the it depends on the day or the hour and what else yeah. is going on at the same time. But I, I respectfully request you put in some T pose bugs on purpose just to to memorialize cyberpunk. But that's another thing altogether. So yeah, yeah. Well, so that's the other thing is right. So this is actually the first project where we're using humanoid let's call it running walking avatars for the, for the earlier projects we were doing like floating you know you were like a little floating character with no legs or you were a little like cube person um this one we're doing a full like run cycle and it's simplified it's not you know it's certainly not cyberpunk but um it's you know your, your character you can waz around on your keyboard and like you see see your little character run um but in vr is where it gets really interesting um and and this is the first uh well I would say this is the first Dreamwave event that has a VR component uh, in the sense that the technology has been there since the beginning. I knew that 
this day would come. And I, so when we went literally the first week I started building the bones of this platform, I built VR support in, uh, we did do a festival for, uh, it was headlined by Porter Robinson, but it was like a, um, a music festival called secret sky earlier in the year. It was way too early. It was super buggy. We just were not, it kind of was the whole thing was super rushed, but we did manage to kind of get it out there. And that did have like a secret. We didn't tell anybody about it, but if a fan loaded it up in VR, they kind of got in and it, it mostly worked and people were excited about it because it was an Easter egg. But this is the first event where it's uh, VR is like, you know, a premier feature. Is it going to be, I mean, I've spent a fair amount of time in VR this past year. Um, and, you know, I ran around alt space during Burning Man. I've, I've slid through the VR chat universe i i upgraded and got a rig so i could do the more elaborate vr chat stuff mm. is is this something that's going to be accessible on quests and like the untethered or is this for folks who are you know pc capable at least on the vr side and yeah. then i've got another question about the cross-platform uh, sure yeah great question uh this so we're building with quest for uh as like a primary focus because i just feel it's the most accessible headset and and generally like, like as a company like we've given all of our, we, you know, for Christmas, we bought all of our, our employees a, a Quest 2. Everybody's like, we're all, we're all in on the, on the, on the um, untethered platforms. But the cool thing about that is if you plug it in with a, you know, with a cable, it will work. Uh, you know, the Quest becomes a Rift essentially. And if you have a Rift or you have a uh, Vive, you know, as long as you have, you use like uh, Firefox reality, or I think even Microsoft Edge can do it. Uh, like as long as you have a browser that can access WebXR, you'll have, you know, you'll be able to get in and have the same experience. Cool. So, so you're you're building in WebXR. We're building in WebXR. Yep. Freaking great. And so, let's talk about the, the the flip side to it. So, are people who are going to be, you know, accessing via via the web, are they going to be in the same environments as the folks who are accessing with the VR? Because I mean, Shari mentioned that there's a seamless transition yep. here. So that's where my brain goes to. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. So all the environments will have anyone on any device. They're in there. They're interacting with each other. So it's interesting. So you have these, uh, we call them the chat zones or chat bubbles. So you, if you kind of move up close to a, another person, it kind of prompts you and says, like, would you like to start a chat? And if you know mm -hmm. people accept that chat, it creates this little, you see a little halo ring on the ground, and then anybody else can walk into that ring and then join that chat. So you can be chatting with someone in VR from your desktop. Uh, some, some, some areas have video chat. So the little avatar's head it can, you know, it becomes your webcam, you know, where it was just your profile photo when you're just running around. If you join a chat, it'll become your webcam. So you can see other people and you see their faces and whatnot. If they're in VR, obviously there's no webcam, but you can still hear their voice. Uh, so, so there's full cross-platform uh, interaction. Oh, wow. That's, cause you, I've been running around some of the proximity chat based apps, you know, like gather and whatnot. And one of the issues there is you'll get a furball of just like, 15, 20 people in a space and you're passing through and it's just cacophonous and this idea of there being a permission-based, uh, like an opt-in, opt-out consent thing in order to like join the chat. That's really, why, why did you guys, what advantage is there to doing that as opposed to just having it be um, a little more the, the, the Wild West spatialized of just like, well, if someone's close, they're close. It's actually is actually performance based. Mm. Um, so that 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 handshake of establishing a WebRTC, which is like the underlying, which is we're probably using WebRTC right now in Discord. Um, yeah. It's like that underlying like technology that allows you know in a, in a browser to be able to kind of like people to video or or, or voice chat. That handshake is relatively expensive. Uh, so. What we kind of do is we 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 limit that to the user opting in, right? So that saves that 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 allows us to manage servers and you know all the costs associated with that. Um, but but also you know we realized it was probably a good idea just you know privacy wise and it, the opt in you know you know somebody really wants to chat and you know ultimately it has you know benefits for the user experience as well. Yeah, it was really important to build in a kind of intentionality. Uh, that comes in IRL that can be elusive uh, in the URL space. Uh, um, so it, it just felt like good manners and um, and really kind of a human way to make contact. And I and I love that because I think the the thing about 
physically being at Sundance is those conversations that pop up. You know, I mean, my favorite experience is being on the bus uh, and just sliding in and out of conversations about, you know, films or experiences or performances that folks have seen. Uh, there's always something to talk about with anyone in that space. Um, and, and yet at the same time, you definitely want to, you know, not just it, it, the internet invites people to just have one person turn into the loudest person in the room and it's kind of like slam through. And so there's this, this, this navigation that kind of doesn't really happen online that happens in reality. And sometimes I feel like when people are designing online spaces, they're, they're feeling like that, that intimacy, that, that sort of social bubble thing that happens is a bug that must be coded against in order to create something more open and democratic. And yet so much of the time it just turns into, you know, whoever decided to seize the bully pulpit and it's just someone holding court. Um, and, and then the only thing happening in that room is that person talking, whereas a real room can sustain a lot more conversations. Yeah. It's the social agreement is so important in conversation and the quality of conversation that comes after you've entered that agreement. Um, I, I, I think that we've come, come up with a, a way to, to, to politely ask, uh, for a conversation and, um, and when asked, uh, be ready to participate in a mindful way. Yeah. Let's, the platform sounds very exciting. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I want to get my hands on it. Uh, so Michael, uh, let, let me know when I get my hands on it. Uh, and, but the programming's also, I mean, it's essentially why people come. <laughs> I mean, it's not even essentially, it's why people come. So Shari, I wonder if you could talk a bit about what, how the the pandemic has shaped not just the platform this year, but some of the programming. Are there themes that are coming? I mean, obviously, some of the work that's being presented in New Frontier has been worked on long before you know twenty twenty was a twinkle in the dark one's eye. But um, maybe maybe there's stuff that's that's emerging as as a as a theme or as a kind of an anti theme. So we don't like kind of get away from pandemic. Well, um, you know, it, it was interesting about programming uh, New Frontier as as it was programming the films and the festival. Uh, when the pandemic hit, we were braced with um, with the expectation of submissions being coming in lower than uh, than normal, and they weren't <laughs> the same number of submissions. Um, so that uh, uh, really is contributing to a very high quality lineup as we've shortened our our, our lineup to reflect the the length of the festival. Um, and, you know, it's always been our agenda to just follow the artists, find out what they're doing, um, and then build the, the, the festival, build the platform around them. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, one of the things that, that I witnessed in the New Frontier space versus the film space is that a lot of the New Frontier works uh, just kept going. Um, the, the, the industry remained relatively healthy. It, it, um, slowed some of the productions down. Um, but there have been work, there's been, uh, work like, uh, Changing Same that I've been tracking for years, uh, which is a VR work, um, that's in, in the lineup that, uh, that was ready to go this year. Um, and so I think, you know, there's some like animation quadrants that, uh, continue to thrive during the pandemic. Um, but in terms of, you know, the work itself, uh, what, what we're seeing this year that we didn't see before was, is creative browser work. And this has to do with as much the pandemic as, uh, you know, artists really um, kind of taking to heart um, WebXR and um, thinking about different ways of uh, presenting performance, presenting music. Uh, using creative browsers, um, and, um, and, I'm, and I'm really uh, referring to the works Beyond the Breakdown, uh, Traveling the Interstition with Octavia Butler, and Secret Garden. And these are works uh, that are all available um, but uh, from laptop uh, for users who, who don't have uh, VR headsets. 
um, it was a number of AR works that came across as always. Um, but what was great about this year is that, you know, we've shown AR works on the ground. Um, it's always been a struggle to get, to get people's attention to download the app and use it. Here uh, in virtual uh, platform, it's, it's, it's one of the easiest things to do. <laughs> one of the easiest UI uh, um, protocols on the, on the platform. Um, so um, there'll be a number of works uh, uh, like Fortune, like Seven Sounds, uh, which is actually a performance work. Uh, that will toss from our website onto your phone via QR code, so that you can uh, um, you can experience them and have them on your phone. And of course, uh, we have got a stellar lineup of VR uh, work that is really pushing um, a lot of thematic boundaries, a lot of technological uh, boundaries um, and envelopes that uh, and presenting this lineup on webxr uh, it was a little it's 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 a little bit of a breakthrough actually because when we show this uh work in in a in a venue in brick and mortar we have such a bottleneck the demand for this work is so far exceeds uh, our ability to show people and now anybody with a headset can actually see this work i mean this is and this is a web uh, site, you know, New Frontier is globally accessible. Um, the, it's it's accessible with a, an Explorer Pass. It only costs twenty five dollars. So we're really anticipating and thrilled to be able to to show the these artists' work to so many more people um, than we did before. And here's some, some surprises. Um, you know, the artists have pivoted along with us uh, to to make possible. Uh, real-time live performances, the theater experiences, something that we found very difficult to present in a brick-and-mortar um, sense. But the, um, and I'm, uh, Tinker is by Lou Ward. Uh, you know, he's he's found a way to let audiences virtually enter into VR experience and interact with a live performer. Uh, in in his piece about growing up with Grandpa in his in his uh, Tinker workshop and. Um, you know, going through the stages of life with him. There's, uh, you know, time capsules is something um, that really is, I would say, is a, a pretty strong theme that has managed to come up in this lineup. Uh, and I think it has a lot to do with en engaging with uh, um, race and race racial inequity and, and, and really kind of grasping a hundreds-year-old um, legacy of slavery and how do you, it's, it's always been so difficult to, to unpack that massive baggage in the present mm -hmm. moment to figure out how to chart the course for the future. And um, there are a couple of works in this lineup that really take this on in a magical way, uh, like Changing Same, like uh, um, Secret Garden, and even, uh, um, you know, works that are, you know, qu question the uh, the role of technology and AI in our society, which uh, you know, we have we have our bio um, strata and our memories and um, and what our relationships are made of uh, that are now being engaged and intertwined. And um, in a certain sense, you could even uh, classify parts of it as a kind of battlefield for consciousness and memories and relationships. Um, and the piece, um, the piece called uh, um, uh, "Changing." Uh, sorry, um, oh gosh, I'm just totally blanking on it now. Um, it's not like there aren't a whole to miss the lot ending. of things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is a lot. Yeah. But to miss the ending, the the, the work from the um, the British duo Anna West and David Callanan uh, really um, creates a VR experience where you witness the passage of time as you're living on a river and the passage of how technology is lifting the human experience into, into a realm, a digital realm, and in, in such a way that you viscerally experiencing it. Um, it, is, it, it, leaves the, it leaves the user in a, in a very special, insightful place to consider just what's happening in our real world interactions in our identities as uh, technology um, plays more and more of a role uh, in our society and our communication.
what I always love about the New Frontier lineup is it's this kind of elixir that reinvigorates the soul and that that reminds one that that all these tools, all these emerging tools can really be used to get at the heart of the human experience in a way that often gets lost in like the rest of the cycle of the year. Like, you know, particularly in the XR and the VR space, so much focus on the technology, so much focus on how things are selling, so much focus on just, you know, can we, can we get more product? Is there enough adoption, et cetera, et cetera. And when we come back around in the year to Sundance and to New Frontier, always this reminder of, you know, you can, you can, even though it's, it's, these things to be used to like scrape away all of those concerns of like the business part of, of, of our world and, and get into these ongoing ex- stories, these experiences that we're all a part of. Um, and, and definitely sounds like this year's lineup is not going to disappoint in that manner at all. I, I noticed you, you mentioned seven sounds and I noticed that, uh, documentary and uh, documentarian Sam Green is, is, is working in that space. And I've seen Sam's films like before I came to Sundance and I even I think I saw one of his works at Sundance. Um, are, are filmmakers from sort of the traditional indie film space, are they starting to like find this, are they, are they, are they kind of coming over to the new frontier? I mean, I'm sure they've always have, but is there, is there something, is, is there, are there people, you know, sneaking in from the other side of the, <laughs> of the <laughs> festival into this one now? <laughs> Cause they're like, oh wow, look at these tools. This is fun. It has been, it has, it has definitely, uh, you know, when we first, uh, presented a, a major lineup of VR works back in 2000, was it 15, 16, 15. Um, we got a barrage of filmmakers who wanted to understand, wanted to know more, wanted to figure out how to how to work in the space. The technology was so um, impressive to them and opened up so many creative doors that they, you know, there were, there were a lot of questions. Um, and it's always been access uh, that has, access to the technology, access to understanding and working with the technology. Um, that has been a little bit of a bottleneck, but that has not, um, you know, that has not, um, the, the the growth, the number of people, filmmakers who have taken on uh, VR creations continues to grow. And I'm, I'm really excited about this year because the access, um, the Oculus uh, has partnered up with us to be able to give headsets to all of our filmmakers this year. So more filmmakers than ever before, maybe even combined uh, this year, will be able to, to, to experience New Frontier and the VR works and also Cinema House uh, in headset. Uh, so, you know, th- there's just something really magical that happens when a cinematic imagination takes on these technologies because it, they bring a muscularity in the storytelling um, that, that, that as you, I love that you notice that, you know, it goes beyond the business. It goes beyond the technology. It gets into what does the technology serve? How does it ex- express our humanity? And it's filmmakers and storytellers, um, you know, being able to see and experience and access the technology uh, that will bring this meaning and value to the tech uh, in, in ways that magnify our humanity. I would say, you know, this is the first year that we're presenting films in VR. The Cinema House is a VR only venue um, and uh, we'll be presenting Doug Aiken's Station to Station. Uh, we'll be presenting Andrew DeSunmu's Mother of George. We chose works that were incredibly cinematic because it's a giant screen, it's so juicy. Um, and beautiful, you know, things that you really want to see in the big screen that we just can't any at, at this juncture. Uh, and we want to keep kind of keep that, uh, that charge alive. But um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see um, the conversation on the floor after so many filmmakers uh, are able to experience VR and even in the, the platform itself, you know, where, where that's going to land us in 2022. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is feels like the beginning of something and not just not just you know uh, a necessity of invention you know set up 
Are, are there things that you're hoping to learn? I mean, technology is also so much of an iterative process. And between, Shari, between you and Michael, are there things that, that you're hoping to learn from laying this out there to folks? Like, what, what, what is, what is the, the feedback of having actual users uh, go, hopefully going to teach you? Michael, you want uh, to take that? Yeah, sure. Um, I think, you know, like like you said, this might have this is probably an opportunity to be something that continues to exist. It's not necessarily just, you know, okay, it's a workaround. It's a pandemic workaround. I think a lot of, you know, we're definitely realizing, and I think, you know, there's others out there that are realizing that there's there's something here. There's something to this. Uh, I know, like we we did. Um, another event and you know kind of the reaction to that was oh well we were able to get people from you know it's, it's a it's an event that normally took place in boston and it's like well we've got people from all over the world you know like there's a massive you know customer base in singapore who was able to attend this virtual event that otherwise wouldn't have made it to boston and i think kind of probably not just our platform probably anyone doing any type of virtual event is probably realizing that at a minimum it's like there there's something here that allows people to connect in a much more accessible way and maybe in, in the future when the real world if and when it ever goes back to any semblance of normalcy events will be uh, hybrid some will you know some parts will be virtual some parts will be physical um and i think the thing we want to learn from that and 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 to make that or you know make it as good as possible for as many people as possible is to understand the context of you know what needs to change? So, so like uh, the this this V one of these virtual events, a lot of them are okay. Let's take the physical thing and let's we're just going to move it virtually. So, an, a, a, a concrete example is like sponsor booths. A physical event had sponsor booths. They sold, you know, their sponsors have already signed on. They've already paid. They've got to have sponsor booths in the virtual event. And we come and we find out that sponsor booths, you know, in a, in a virtual context, people aren't it's not really as interesting to just like walk your avatar around or whatever it may be into these virtual sponsor booths. Uh, so we have to kind of rethink, well, what is the, what's, what's a good sponsor experience? Like, do you, you know, maybe you have games that are sponsored by the sponsor and things like that. It, it's, it's, uh, so for me, a lot of it is I, I am all, after these, you know, after these events take place, I'm always looking for those things. What are the things that didn't translate really well? What are the things that we need to rethink of, you know, we thought of it in the physical way, but now we need to rethink of it in the purely virtual way. Um, but on the flip side to that, I think like we did run a test uh, to for uh, for New Frontier. We ran we ran an early test, and kind of the one bit of feedback that really stuck out and I carry with me is someone said, um, "I felt nervous to talk to people like I would in real life," and that was like, "Okay, yes, we're onto something here, right?" Mm. Oh, nervous in the good way, right? Yeah, like, like, like oh, socially, yeah. like they yeah. that we that, that means that feeling of like social interaction is like we we've brought it to a level that is that you would feel in a physical space. Great, you brought social anxiety back to the world. Thanks, Mike. No I'm kidding, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I know like like that there's a friction in the friction, and you know it's there's something very magical about Sundance because you can walk, you could be walking down the street. And and when it making eye contact with someone you've only ever seen on the silver screen, and you just gotta like just play it cool, just play it cool, just act normal. Uh, don't think about the fact that that scar who just like you know made eye contact with you, right? You know, um, as you're trying to get breakfast, and um, that, or 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 that, <laughs> or, or you're having a very loud conversation with someone that you noticed like who just overheard you and like oh that's weird, uh, all those sorts of things, and and. And there's, I don't know, like it's the, 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 the decontextualizing of your normal life when you're in, um, when you're in that space in Park City uh, becomes a recontextualizing of, of who you are and kind of a reorienting. And here's, here's, here's probably like the hardest thing in the design brief, and I, and I wonder how you're tackling it, is the, the hard reality of that everyone is still doing this stuff from their own home. So what, what thought has gone into, and, and are there ways you're trying to sort of create that feeling of, no, this is an event and you're not just in front of your computer. You're not just, you know, 
Like, yes, you just fed the dog 15 minutes ago, but now you're in this other state of mind. Or are you leaning hard into the other way? No, I love that. I love that question. Sorry, Shara, you want to take that one? No, please. Go ahead. Go for it. Well, I'm sure we can. We probably both have two different angles to take that question, but I think it's yeah, an amazing yeah. question. Um, from our point of view of building these virtual events, that suspension of disbelief, especially it'd be VR is easy. You're fully immersed. But even on desktop, we like to tackle that from the angle of creating this immersive space. So it's not just a 2D you know, a web interface, like, you know, every other app people use, it's actually, it has a physical sense of place and, and being, right? So, so we ask the user to create an avatar. So, because in order to have a sense of place, you have to have a sense of self. So you make your avatar first, and then you explore this place. And Shari, I don't know how, if you want me to, I've, we want to tell, talk about what the space is and how, how it, I don't know, do you want me to go there? Or you want me to keep that kind of secret for now? <laughs> no, I think we could probably say, you know, and, and, and also maybe I'll fill in some of the details on like avatar choices because, you know, so, avatars ha are generally and, and kind of characteristically very fantastical creatures. And we, we chose to keep it human and go with photographs of people and real names, uh, the photograph that's tied to the uh, credential. Um, and that's why we also ended up with webcam because we wanted real people with with their faces and and how we actually connect in today's environment um and and in terms of uh you know when 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 we looked at we in the very beginning we we're like okay how do we what are we building this exhibition on top of well what were we building on it before we were putting it in a in a venue a brick and mortar venue we had all this gear the headsets the computers uh, in there, and um, and then our, our users, you know, the our audience had mobile phones and computers, uh, and it was all in the venue. And building this on virtual in a virtual way uh, made us question: Okay, so where are all of those elements now? The, the, the phones are still there, the computers are there. Now we're in people's homes, uh, and 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 what else? They're all networked by fiber optic cables, and they're networked. Through through satellites, uh, that is you know that and so then we realized we have to put this next to a satellite. We you know really trying to stay very close to what the reality of this festival is, and this is why we've situated uh, our 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 uh, virtual festival uh, to orbit alongside the International Space Station. So it, it, out of every window, any window of the venue of the three venues, you will see the ISS. Uh, and you will, um, you know, be able to see how we are orbiting alongside it. And, you know, the ISS goes around the planet 16 times a day, so we're moving pretty fast. But it's, you know, it's also not only is it the reality, and I think maybe because it is, it brings meaning uh, to going to to New Frontier. It's not just being able to talk to somebody using technology; it's to be able to connect with folks as we go as we gaze on the planet below us and consider our p position in the cosmos and in space and consider the condition of life on earth so i'm hoping that you know we were able to build a a venue that brings along a very organic sense of meaning and wonder uh, and i will tell you that to experience this these venues in space in vr is probably one of the most astonishing things i think i've ever experienced active theory really hit it out the park i regret not having us be on webcam right now because for the past 2 minutes i've had this expression on my face that says you put sundance in space like this is like oh my god i'm a i'm a giant like space nerd so like i i freaking love it i yeah of course you imagine do. imagine uh you're in you know you're in the theater and you look up through these you know glass panels and you see the earth you know above you it's 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 pretty crazy it is wow. absolutely our artists like crushed it they they these guys are they giving them that brief they went crazy and and yeah they just nailed it it's 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 awesome to be in there it makes, it makes so much sense like I love this. This is the thing. Like, I love just the way there's an organic logic to 
to what you craft and like that comes out every year in the festival so like why should it be any different this year and and i i hope that the folks who like make stuff who listen to the show which there's a good number like pay special heed to you know that you're thinking about where are the where were the phones where are the com- you know, the phones and computers are still there but where are they they're in people's homes and so like how do you deal with that it's in someone's home like that thought process and and then also like the network side and that that led you to space and led you to people like being conceptual and and being reminded visually about the scope and the scale of what of what both new frontier and the festival as a whole is about it's about the world's cultural production right so putting that front and center that makes a hell of a lot of sense but even just that there's a thought process that leads you into into you know the the question of what's really going on here and how can we get people to to interact with the the level of reality of of what is actually happening even if it's invisible to us um yeah I, you know i, I thought the, bro- the 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 process of building new frontier this year brought us way closer to the reality of the biodigital continuum that is the fabric of modern life and i and i realize you know now that we were taking half of the hardware in our IRL venues for granted and i don't really see that doing that again <laughs> you know it, we, 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 this year we see the value of really taking to heart and and building the festival platform on the biodigital continuum that connects us as people and through our technology and the places that we're in is is something that is a is a huge lesson that definitely we intend to pay forward as we move forward uh you know with this grand experiment in new frontier I feel like that's a perfect place for us to to wrap this on shari and michael thank you both so much for taking the time to give us all a sneak peek of what's coming uh, and as Shari mentioned, uh, like the base level pass to get in is just for, for the new frontier stuff is just 25 bucks. And I, at this moment, I'm like, I can't think of a better bargain, uh, in the world than that right now. So, um, and, and, yeah. and you know, Noah, people used to fly to park city, put themselves uh-huh. up. And, uh, if, if you bought a headset, for $300, you wouldn't, it would be less than actually buying the ticket to get to Park City. And you'll, you'd have the richest experience of, of the festival. So that's, um, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a brand new world. <laughs> it really is. It really is. All right. Thank you both so much. And I'm, I can't, I can't wait to, to see what you've made. Thanks, Noah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks, Noah. Once again, I want to thank Shari and Michael for being our guests on the show today. You can go over to tickets.festival.sundance.org and tickets are going on sale today, uh, January 7th at noon mountain time. If you're listening to this on the 7th, if you're listening to it later, get over there right now. Make sure that you haven't lost a chance to get, uh, to get passes. Um, like like Shari mentioned, the thing I nearly spoiled <laughs> at the beginning of the show. Uh, even if you were to buy like a headset and an Explorer Pass, uh, costs less than traveling there. Let me tell you. So this is a, a bold new world we're in, and just knowing the way the cycle of this year is going to go, how many more festivals are going in? Uh, it's definitely something to consider if you've been on the fence. And I know there's there's a lot there's a lot to it, and it's it's it, there's there's layers and layers to the whole world that we're in right now. Uh, I'm recording this on Wednesday, January sixth, twenty twenty one, a day that will live in infamy. So uh, it's it can be a little weird to be like, let's get excited about art and stuff, but honestly, um. I can be in a large part because I know there are curators like Shari out there uh, who just puts together a program that, like we were getting into, doesn't just show off 
the, the technical breakthroughs that are happening, but shows off how we have this conversation going on between the technology and ourselves, exploring what it means to be human and examining the ways in which our society connects together and that we now have this chance to open up what has often, often, what has always, until this moment, been something that you you have to be really lucky to get to go to, either because you're wealthy or because you work in media or because you are a creator uh, who has gotten through the process. And now we have this moment in time where we're able to open up a lot more people into these experiences. And that's just wonderful. And right now, particularly on a day like today, I know that as much as I'm out there doom scrolling and being concerned and being upset by what's happening, I also know it's my duty to look for the things that make the world better and the moments and the times and the people and the movements that make our world better. And that's why I'm so blessed to be able to bring this news to you today and this conversation with Shari. Um, cause, um, Shari is one of those people and the new frontier is one of those things. And I really do hope to see all of you there. I <laughs> really, really do. I'm excited about this whole like social platform thing and, and see how it works out. Uh, I haven't got a chance to take a look at it myself yet, but, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see it hopefully pretty soon. Um, there's not much else to talk about, at least in terms of um, the news at the moment from the immersive world, mostly because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Take a look at our that side of things today. Uh, just know that when it comes to uh, our regularly scheduled stuff, we're getting back on the hobby horse. The newsletters are going to start cranking out again. Oh, the newsletter is going to start cranking out again. We're not going to be doing regional for uh, a hot minute. Uh, but there's some other service journalism stuff that is in the works, and we had a really great uh, meeting with uh, the staff this week. A lot of cool pitches are coming through, so uh, just know that you know uh, things are warming up over here, and uh, the the talks I've been having with the team are getting me excited about diving back into all of this all over again. Um, yeah, that's it for now. Um, I am going to go back to doom scrolling, <laughs> but take a break if you've been doing it as well. I hope this was your break from it. Uh, and as always, you can come find me out in the world. Let's do the credits for the show. The music for No Persinium, of course, is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. Our sustaining backers are Elaine, Brittany, Emily Gillette, Sydney Guillory, Samuel Mustry. Ari Hurston, Lonnie Hanson, Paul F., Jan Budman, Mark Baltazar. Well, that's actually it. <laughs> Mark Baltazar. Um, you can... I, I, I read it backwards again. I haven't redone the thing yet. I'll do it. I'll do it. Fresh starts, etc. Um, you can join them at patreon.com slash nopersinium. You can find everything we do at nopersinium.com and everythingimmersive.com. That's our searchable website where you can find show listings. Uh, if you have a show or an event you yourself are trying to um, get coverage for, the proper thing to do is to go to everythingimmersive.com and submit through that process. That's how you get into our newsletters. Uh, if you're looking for uh, the show to be reviewed, you can also, after you do that, don't, don't, not before, but after you do that, email us at pitches at nopersidium.com. Or, you know, if you, if you, you know, there's a story out there you want to tip us off to pitches at nopersinium.com. If you're interested in working with us, writing for us, doing some of the, the, the journalism chores that we all do, just always remember this is an all volunteer operation. You can see our entire budget on the Patreon, right? It can be shocking. You, you think, but nope, that's what it is. Um, like I said, the, the pirate armada, as he used to refer to it. Uh, but you can also reach us at pitches to, at no 
com if you want to uh, get involved with us there uh check out our slack uh Members of the Patreon have access to our Discord. And of course, we have our Facebook group, Everything Immersive. Uh, you just type in Everything Immersive and it leads you to the Facebook group. That's it from me. Uh, I hope this does find you well uh, in in, his, in what are obviously difficult times. Uh, and I say that with a lot of lightness in my voice. And just know that... <laughs> I'm just trying not to use the other tones. Um, so... Uh, I look forward to talking to you next week and uh, to it being a better week for all of us then. And I am hoping that the news that we've delivered to you today is part of that better week you're now having. Okay. Until next time, I seriously thank you for wearing the mask. Mm-hmm.